I'm going to read this to you. A successful prayer life is built and based upon the Word of God. You want to know if what you are asking for is God's will. Know His Word, and you will know His will. It's important for us as children of God to know the Word of God. And um, I'm maybe going to put my foot in it, but I can do that. <laughs> and you've got to forgive me. It's all right. But Maritz has done something which I'm quite proud of. With the young people, he said to them, no more cell phones. Bring your Bible. I don't know how many people come to church, and I've, I've been guilty of that as well. It looks like you're, on your, you're looking at your Bible, but actually you're looking at some of the messages that have been sent to you. <laughs> So it's good to bring your Bible along to church and uh, follow in your Bible. See if what is being said is the truth. It's important to know the truth. The Bible says that the truth will set us free. And so this, it's not just a book that sits on your shelf and gathers dust. This needs to be life. It is life-giving and it will change your life. And so... This morning, I want to speak on something that I prepared a while ago, while, and um, we never got around to it. And it's part of our series on prayer that we've been doing. And it's prayer is a weapon of spiritual warfare. And so I want to just speak a little bit on that this morning and just touch on a few things. Um, I'm not going to go into some deep teaching about it, but... This is something important for us as believers to understand that warfare is important as a child of God. Prayer is a powerful weapon. And it is a weapon that is to be used to fight spiritual battles. And Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 20 tells us about this, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But Paul explains to us, and he, and he uses, you see, Paul has grown up um, around many Roman soldiers in his day. So he uses the, the picture of the Roman soldier to describe to us what it is that we as children of God need to be putting on, on a daily basis, so that we can withstand the attack that comes to us from the enemy. And he says to us that this struggle, this fight that we fight is not against flesh and blood. And I don't know about you, but many times I'd like it to be against flesh and blood because there are many times where I'd like to just be able to hammer somebody. But it's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities, powers, rulers, and authorities. And so our battle that we fight is one that we can't see. Life as a Christian is not a playground. It is a battle. It is a battlefield. And we are in a spiritual battle. It's not a walk in the park. And this war that we fight is for souls of men and women. And just this morning, as I was just going through my notes again, and just when I got to this place, I realized, and we, we prayed about it um, to Stephen and myself this morning, that there are so many of us in this place who have family members who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
And your heart's cry is that, God, I want these people to come to know you before they pass on. And so this morning, I want to ask if that's you and you're in that situation where there are family members that you are crying out to the Lord for, won't you stand this morning? And let's stand and believe this morning that we will see those men and women saved, those boys and girls saved. Father, you want everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth and be saved. We stand now. We thank you, Lord, that you see why we're standing. Pray, Father, in your mercy, would you reveal your truth to each and every one of these lovely people. You died for them, Lord. They are precious to you. We pray, Father, that you would work miraculous salvations to the glory of your name. We join our faith together in this house this morning. We say, Lord, please, bring them each to a place where they can exercise their free will, where they can be saved. We thank you in anticipation, Lord, and we will give you the glory for every change in this area. In the name of Jesus, amen. See, we are warriors standing in the gap for our brothers and sisters. But not only are we standing in the gap for them, but sometimes there are things that go on in our own lives where we need to fight wars for for our children, maybe for a husband or a wife who has gone astray. And there are battles that we need to be fighting, and these can only be done in prayer. See, Paul is an experienced spiritual soldier. And when he describes us in Ephesians chapter 6, what we need to be putting on as children of God, he's saying to us that this is something that we need to do on a daily basis. It's not something we only do when we see an attack coming, but we need to be ready at all times. We need to be appropriate, appropriately dressed and armed for the battle. And he says we do put on the helmet, but it's not just any helmet that we're putting on, it's a helmet of salvation. Then he speaks about the breastplate of righteousness that we need to put on, our loins girded with truth, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We need to be taking up our shield of faith and our sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And so if you were looking at all of this, you would think, all right, Paul is now going to give us the command to march off into battle. But Paul doesn't. There's still something that is missing out of, this clothes, out of the clothes that Paul has said that we need to put on on a daily basis. And that's found in verse 18. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, Ephesians 6 verse 18. And it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And if you take verse 19 into account, you'll see there that there's five times that Paul says that we need to be praying. I think Paul and the Lord is trying to tell us something, that prayer is important. That it doesn't just help putting on all this armor if you are not praying. We need to be praying. 
In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 4, it says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. How does the world, how does the world wage war? They fight against men and women, boys and girls. But the weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. What are the weapons that the world uses? Guns, tanks, knives, swords. That's not the kind of weapons that we use to fight with. On the contrary, uh, sorry, the weapons we fight are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you see these weapons that we fight with are divine weapons that God has given us to demolish strongholds, to demolish things in the spiritual realm. And when we pray in the Spirit, when we start taking up the authority that God has given us, you see this prayer is like the heavy artillery. It's like those bombers that fly over. And then if you have a look at these war movies, you'll see the bombers fly over and they go and they drop their bombs on the target to soften the target so that when the ground troops come in, there is not much resistance. And it's the same in our prayer life. As we pray, as we, we seek the face of God, as we pray in tongues, it's like that heavy artillery going out there and it's dropping the bombs on the enemy and it's destroying the works of the enemy so that when we come in as the ground troop, we don't find much resistance. But many times what happens is we don't spend time in prayer. We are not seeking the face of God. And we go in guns blazing and we get taken out by the enemy because the enemy wasn't first softened in the prayer realm. So for us as children of God, our prayer life is important. So what is spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare is the Christian concept of fighting against the work of the enemy. And if we go back to Ephesians 6 verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's where our struggle is. And if you are fighting against a brother and a sister, I want to say to you that you need to stop because you are fighting on the wrong front. That's not where our battle is. Our enemy is Satan and his demons. As God's children... I want to say to you that you are in a constant battle. And that battle is of some sorts or another. There is no time when you are not in a battle. Spiritual battles are real, whether you like to admit it or not. There is a spiritual realm out there, and that spiritual realm is real. In the spiritual realm, there is always a battle going on, regardless of your opinion and what you believe. And it will affect your life. Either you will be victorious or you will be the victor. And that depends on you. That depends on your prayer life. That depends on whether you are willing to take up the armor of God and fight and stand against the enemy. See, Jesus came and he conquered the enemy. And he has given us the authority over the enemy. Matthew 28 verse 18 says, 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And because we are children of God, because we are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, because of the inheritance that Jesus has given us, that authority belongs to us. And we can take up that authority that Jesus has given us and we can use it. We experience the victory by knowing and understanding the battle that we are fighting. See, for many of us here, we are in different positions. We are fighting different battles. Some of you may be fighting battles for your family. Some of you may be fighting battles against sin, against sickness, against disease. You may be fighting a battle for a brother and a sister. You may be fighting a battle in your mind. See, there are many different areas where the enemy is attacking us. And we need to know the word of God. And we need to know the authority that Jesus has given us through his word. And we need to take the word of God and speak it into that situation. Because it is his word that changes the situation. Not our word. It is his word. And so you need to know his word so that you can speak his word into the situation. For many of us, the mention of a spiritual battle drives fear into us, and we become fearful. We don't want to fight this battle. We don't want to believe it exists. We battle to deal with what we can see here on earth, and now you're telling me to fight a battle against somebody I can't see, a, a battle that is fought in the spiritual realm. I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to fight it. Whether you want to be part of it or not, the reality is, is that you are in this battle and you are going to have to fight it. But I want to say this, that God never intended us to be fearful of this battle. It is the enemy that comes and he sows seeds of fear into our life and he makes us fearful of fighting this battle because he knows when you take up the authority that Jesus has given you that he has to turn and run. That it's not you who turns and runs, but it's him that turns and runs. Jesus has given us everything that we need to be able to fight the battle and to come out victorious on the other side. He doesn't just say, I want you to go into this battle and we're going to get taken out. No, he has given us what we need to come out victorious. And Jesus wants us to walk in the victory that he purchased for us. Whether you believe it or not, the spiritual realm is real. You can't be like an ostrich, bury your head in the sand, and think that it doesn't exist. Or like when you were a little child, when you heard some strange noise or something in your room, pull the blanket over your head and hope that it's going to go away. It's not like that with the spiritual realm. It is real, and it affects your life on a daily basis. And you trying to hide from it or say it doesn't exist is not going to make it go away. It is there and it is real. And it is more real than you and I would like to give it credit for. When it comes to warfare, 
Not every battle is the same. You cannot use the same strategy for every battle. And for those who've watched any kind of war movie, you'll see that for each place that you are going to attack, you need a different strategy. You cannot use the same strategy that you used to pray for salvation for your family, to fight a battle in your mind where you are maybe battling in the area of pornography. It's two different battles. And so the strategy is different. And so you need to go before God and you need to find out the strategy that he will give you to be able to fight that battle so that you can be victorious in the battle. Battles are fought on different fronts for different reasons and with varying degrees of intensity. Some battles are going to be long and you're going to have to fight. Maybe it's going to be years. I don't know. Other battles are short and they are not so intense. But others are going to be very intense. They're going to drain you physically. And when we fight these battles, yes, you are going to get tired because it does drain you physically. And in those times when you are tired, I want to say to you, be on your guard because it is at those times when you would like to take a rest and you just like to put your feet up and relax that the enemy comes in again like a flood because he knows you are weak. It's those times when you are weak that you need to be spending more time in the presence of God so that when he comes to attack you, you can stand strong. So I've asked Jenny just to come and share a few things around spiritual warfare. So Jenny, if I can ask you to come up. Morning, church. <laughs> so spiritual warfare, we must realize that there are two opposing kingdoms. It's a kingdom of darkness versus God's kingdom. And um, I might be repeating something that Diana said, but that's all good. So even in the prayer that Jesus taught us, he said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. So it's his design that his kingdom will come. It's not of the earth, but it's his kingdom. And we know that his kingdom is his rule and his dominion. And Revelations 1 verse 6 says, He made us kings and priests to rule. That has been God's design from the beginning of creation. He said that man would have dominion. And we know that Matthew 16 verse 19 says, He will give us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And just to um, reiterate this, Jesus' great commission that he has given to all of us, that we will go into the world and take up the rightful authority that he has given us. In Luke 9, 1 to 6, he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all the devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Another commission in Mark, from Mark 
16, verse 15 to 20, he said, go into all the world. In my name, they shall cast out devils and nothing shall hurt them. They shall take up serpents. Now, this is a very interesting thing. Not only did he say we will trample on serpents, but he said you will take up serpents. And the Greek word for that is ario, which means to unwind, to remove, and to take away anything that is attached. Serpents can be attached to our finances. It can be attached to our health. But what is he saying? That we can take them away, off, unwind them off us and throw them into the abyss and to say burn and never return. If they're squeezing finances, if, they, if there's an illness that is in the body for many, many years, we have that authority. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And what's the best part of this, what this commission is saying, that the Lord was working with them and confirming the word with signs following them. Another commission. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So to, un to know that we have this authority, let us look what are we coming against? How does the devil deceive us? John 10.10, 10, which is a very famous scripture that we all know, it says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you can have life and that more abundantly. John 8 verse 44 says, he is a liar. He misleads, that is 1 Timothy 1, 4. He comes to give us fear and deprives us of a sound mind. And we know that Job 3 verse 25 says, those things that we fear came upon him. The things that we fear can come upon us. How about superstitions that we have been brought up with? If you test them in the spirit, they are negative. And surely, if you put your faith there, uh, it will come to pass. He's accuser of man day and night before the Father. A very big area to forgive. If there's any offenses, any bitterness, it's to forgive so that we are not outsmarted by the enemy. That's 2 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11. And that we must realize our mind is the battlefield. So therefore, as being quoted already, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5, that we take every thought captive and obedient to our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's just look at Jesus' temptation. Very interesting. Food. Uh, when he was on the fast. And Jesus counteracted with the word. He, he said, it, sh uh, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And when uh, Satan said to him, throw yourself down, the, the pinnacle, that he said, you will not put your Lord God to a foolish test. 
and the other temptation was just bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdom. That temptation hasn't fallen away. It's still happening today that the enemy wants to get our attention and us to serve him. So what did Jesus say? He said, you will worship the Lord your God and him only. So this is not bad news. This is good news in the sense that with authority that the Lord has given us and what Dion has already said, put on the whole armor of God that you are able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, which is despot, which is tyrant kings, powers and rulers of darkness and master spirits of this age. So, even if we look at Legion, he had how many? 6,000 strong demons in him. And when they were cast out, they didn't die. They're still in the world today. They can still get uh, uh, a ruling over us. So, we do this all by faith. Um, 1 Peter 5, 6 to 9 says, Withstanding steadfast in faith. James 4, verse 7, submit to God, resist Satan, and he shall flee from you. And we overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and by the written word of God. And just this thought, that when we decree and we speak the word of God, Psalm 103, verse 20 says that angels are waiting to perform his word. And just for interest's sake, I thought this, 2 Kings 19.35, one angel killed 185,000 Assyrians. So, yes, not that we worship angels, God gives them commands, but we can speak his word and we can ask him. So, I just wanted to say that in eight, Acts 10 verse 38, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And that power is dunamis power that comes from the resurrection. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And then, then just this encouragement because we all need discernment and we need to really press into the Lord. Jude 20 says to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying. Praying in the spirit, just like Ephesians 6 says that we will pray for the saints. And isn't it an encouragement when we see on the prayer group how God intervenes wonderfully because we're taking up spiritual warfare and we are commanding whatever sickness or whatever disease wants to take hold of that person, that we have the authority over it to command it, to loose that person in the name of Jesus. And then we see results happening to the glory of God. He's a faithful God. Thank you. The reason I asked Jenny to come up is because I want to ask you this question. Who is it that does the most spiritual warfare in congregations? Let me hear from you. Eh? 
It's the ladies. And the ladies are the one who, who do most of the spiritual warfare. And I know Jenny, and she's experienced many things, and she, she knows how to fight the battle. And I want to encourage us as men of God. We need to start taking up the authority that Jesus has given us. And we need to start fighting battles. There needs to be some victories in our lives. It can't just be the woman fighting this battle. We all have a battle to fight. And so, guys, let us start taking up that authority. Let us put on the armor and let us start praying and interceding for our families. We don't just leave it up to our wives to do. It's time for us to rise up. And so that's why I asked Jenny, because she knows about spiritual warfare. She's been involved in it. But we all need to know about it. It's something that we all need to be involved in. And there are things going on in your life. And you just like to sweep it under the carpet. Ah, this is just who I am. This is the way God made me. I want to say to you, rubbish. Go to the Word of God and see how He made you. See what His plan and purpose is for your life. And you will see that it's, He hasn't destined you to live a life of sin. But He's destined you to live a life of victory through Him. Through Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage us this morning. Take up the authority Jesus has given you. Put on the armor of God. Start praying into the situation that you are facing and watch God come through for you. See what God will do for you. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And when you start fighting that battle, you'll start seeing, hey, but actually God has given me victory over that thing. And, and as you get victory over it, so the, you'll start fighting these bigger battles and you'll start seeing victory over them and you'll start walking in the authority that God has given you. And your life will start being a joy instead of you walking around with a long donkey face. You'll start walking around with a smile on your face and saying, but man, I'm, I have the victory that, <laughs> that God has given me. And I can walk in this and, and I can defeat the enemy. I don't have to turn and run from the enemy. So let's take up the armor of God. And not forget to pray, because prayer can do mighty things. And let's put it to the test, and let's hear the testimonies that are going to come from it. Amen? So with that being said, this morning I want our faith to rise up. And beyond, I want to call you forward. Beyond's brother, Axel's wife has been diagnosed with um, two different types of cancer, Bjorn. Yeah, pan pancreas cancer and it's spread to the lungs. And so I want us to stand as a church and we are going to agree for her healing because this thing is wanting to kill her. And it's the enemy who comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And she's still a young lady. But I know that that's not the only person here this morning who is fighting a battle, a life and death battle. And if that's you, 
then come forward. Let's pray for you this morning as well, and let's agree as a church that we will have victory over that thing in Jesus' name. So if you have a family member or someone who right now is in a life and death struggle, come forward. Let's agree and let's pray and trust God for their healing. Amen. But we're going to stand in agreement. I've asked Beyond to come forward to stand proxy for Sue. And uh, we're just going to believe. So I can ask you to stand. And if there's anyone else, please, now's your opportunity. Come forward. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, the only name that can save, the only one who can heal. And it is in that name that we come this morning and we declare life over these situations. Whether what the enemy has destined for death and destruction, Father, we come and we speak your life into these situations right now. And Father, we tell the enemy to take your hand off of these people in Jesus' name. We tell the sickness, go in Jesus' name, and we declare healing, the healing power of Jesus. By the stripes of Jesus, be healed. Father, we declare that, and we speak it over these people right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that because we are your children, we have the right to ask. And we thank you that you hear our prayers and you answer them. And so, Father, we thank you for the healing power over these people now in the name of Jesus. We speak it over them and we say, Satan, take your hand off of them. No longer will you steal, kill, and destroy their lives, but they are healed in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for this now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.